Welcome to episode 241 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hi. It is still Monday night, May 28th, and we are rolling into part two. It's not part two. We are rolling into the brand new next episode of the McSauce Podcast, <laughs> where we review Solo, a Star Wars story. You guys wouldn't know that if we didn't tell you, but yes. Two episodes, one night. Congratulate us, you fans, you. We're clear as day. We are transparent. We like to keep the audience in the know. I doubt that they give a shit. They fucking give a shit. They give a shit when we don't post episodes. Some fuckface out there would be like, I know you fucking guys recorded that on the same night and you guys didn't think we knew you were recording on the same night. I can tell. I can tell. But <laughs> you couldn't tell. <laughs> You'll never know. So here we are getting ready to review Solo, a Star Wars story. I want to keep calling it Star Wars, a Solo story. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking know. That's so stupid. But before we do that, housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. <laughs> Star Wars, a McSauce story, can be found at McSauce.com. We have a podcast that you're listening to. We have comics. We have reviews. Um, the best way to really follow us is through social media. We post a lot of the time. Paul will post pre-podcast pictures of us on Twitter. So if you type in MCSOSS. On Twitter.com, you can follow us and see all of the fancy-dancy t-shirts that we're wearing, what we're drinking before the podcast, how hard we're researching the show. So check us out on Twitter. We also post stuff on Instagram, and you can tell us how stupid we are on Facebook on our fan page. Fan I use in quotes. It's like fucking enemy page half the time. <laughs> but go there and... Uh, Tell us how much that uh, we're, we're doing a great job. We really appreciate it. Uh, no, honestly, go ahead. Go on Facebook and fight me. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> we love uh, every fan with a divisive opinion. <laughs> we cherish you and want you to come back and listen to more episodes and go on iTunes and rate and review us highly. Unless you fucking hate our guts, then don't bother. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you hate our guts, you know, go on Facebook I will have a debate with you. I'll answer you back within, I don't know, a half an hour of you posting whatever mean-spirited thing that you have to say about the show, and we'll have a nice conversation. Yeah, but, like, mean-spirited is kind of what we're all about. Like, how fucking boring would it be if it was just fucking love fest? I love you guys. Your show's so fun. You know what? I then agree. Then you would be like, we appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Done. But if someone's like, I thought... <laughs> I thought I you thought were going to say, we appreciate that. Thank you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but if someone comes on the Facebook and they're like, I thought The Last Jedi was amazing. Well, then, I mean, that's just putting gasoline on a fire. And that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, I do like having a back and forth conversation on the Facebook page. I just go ahead, go on there, talk to me a little bit. I'd love to hear what you think about the show. Honestly, the feedback that we get is generally positive and it's all the, it's always passionate. The people that talk to us in person or on the page always have something that is 
that comes from a place of, hey, I listen to the show all the time and care about what you guys do. So I, I honestly truly care about what you guys think out there. But half the time, it feels like you want to fight me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I like, so bring it on. So we got through the Deadpool 2 review with no fighting. Some you know, We did fight. We fought at the end, and then we were like, oh, we have all the same opinion. The same exact opinion about the movie, but we couldn't help but not. No, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess it was like classic McSauce fight because it was, it was pointless. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. So we'll see if we can generate any of that you know, pointless antagonism <laughs> for another episode. I want to rename this podcast Pointless Antagonism. We're in charge. We can do it right ah! now. It's too long. It's too long. So we all saw Solo, a Star Wars story. Some of us some of us had reservations going in. Uh, some of, Were any of us totally juiced, ready to go? Like, who couldn't wait to get into the theater to see Solo, a Star Wars story? Crickets, nobody. No one. Um Matt, I wanna I want you to lead things off being our resident Star Wars expert. Yeah, I wasn't like super excited going in. Although I don't know if it was it, this was the same with um Infinity War for me as well. The closer it got, like that day to the showtime, I was getting more excited. Matt, but, did you go opening <clears throat> night? Yeah. I did. And <clears throat> the closer we got, the more excited I was getting. And then, you know, you're sitting there waiting for, you know, that iconic music and the, the crawl to go up. And that's a big gripe that I have with these movies. It it just kills that that magical moment, which should be the beginning of a Star Wars movie with... Blade Runner-esque narration to begin the the movie. Instead In a of, world. Instead of, you know, John Williams' music and a crawl. In this day and age when we're getting a new Star Wars movie every six months. Well, we got I, one six months, but we're not getting another one for another 19 months. months. Wait, I, what, what's the one in six months? Oh, I don't know. I was just being... I was just being a jerk so you're just i don't want to lead off this next state statement with don't you think but it's really it's really the best way go for it it is it's always off the best way it's diplomatic though you know you don't you think you don't want you're you're lamenting the classic star wars intro not being in front of all these movies but with a star wars movie roughly every six months don't you think there should be a way to separate the scale of Star Wars movies? Like, don't you want something to be special and, like, give you the the big title and the scrolling credits as opposed to, like, something that doesn't need to be made? Is that a rhetorical question or is that... No, I'm being serious. Is like, this a real question for me? Because yeah. I, I think that's a difficult question to answer because... Right. Yes, you kind of do want something to separate it. Uh, because you don't want, because that's probably the best way this day and age to retain the the 
Magic. The magic, the fact that Star Wars movies are a special event. They're not just another Marvel movie, you know. But, um, but I sadly, I kind of feel like we're getting to that point now where it's just another movie. And I don't want it to be that. Like, if I had my way, I probably wouldn't have spinoff movies. I don't think. I think I would just have an episode. Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, I think episodic movies are good. Uh, I think one through nine is fine if you want to do that. I kind of would have probably done seven and eight differently, but that's besides the point. Or maybe it isn't besides the point. We'll get into that. I don't know. Those are in the books. <clears throat> I, do you think that maybe do you think that maybe the fact that this come that this movie now that we're sort of in a groove of Star Wars comes out in the winter it comes out every year but this movie is a summer movie that was six months after the last time we were in the theaters for Star Wars does that take away from some of the majesty of the franchise for sure yeah absolutely do you think we'd be more psyched if they just would have pushed it to december december you think yeah definitely uh i think that that star wars tried to reclaim the the crown the the summer box office champion of you know of summers of of past years ye old summer but i think they were kind of (laughs) in for a rude awakening when they showed up on the scene this year, like hot on the heels of Deadpool and Infinity War, and like, whoa, there's a lot more competition than what we're used to in December. I, I'm pretty confident after the showing of Solo, which made only $83 million its opening weekend, you will not see another summer-released Star Wars movie for a long time. Really? Which part to really like? You don't, you don't. I think we will see another summer release Star Wars movie. Okay. I'm. I. My guess is that Disney will look at this and say, "This production was filled with problems. Ron Howard had to rescue it from the brink. We still got this out. It still did okay. Um, a different property, a different production could still." Pull in the money it needs to as a summer release. I don't Do know, you man. Feel it... like the quality of this movie. See, here's the thing. I don't think that the quality, and this is showing my hand a little bit. I don't think the quality of this movie has anything to do with the m- amount of money that it made. I think that if you just place it in the winter, it would have been fine and made the money over a hundred. It would have made, yeah, easily over 100. You put this thing in December, first week of December. This made 55% of what Rogue One made. Why? Because of the competition. Less competition. competition, A little bit more anticipation. Or or a little bit more anticipation and less competition. I don't think that the quality of the movie is connected to the box office at all. Well, I think so too. I mean, it, this, it's not like this was a poorly reviewed movie. The reviews Word were, of mouth were is good too, right? The reviews were all positive. They weren't 
The Force Awakens positive, and frankly, The Last Jedi had really good reviews as well. Um, this had solid reviews. Nothing really negative. Um, and yet, it performed like like a standard summer movie. I mean, what were your guys' theaters like? Maybe people just don't want to... Maybe this this just didn't interest enough people. Maybe it had nothing to do with your the competition like? or the summer. I don't about, know, so I'd say about, it was about 60% full. Uh, yeah, 60, 70% full. I mean, like, there was we there was cheering. At there times. was cheering, there was clapping. There were, there yeah, were, there was ooing and eyeing. At when points. did you guys and, see and, it? and most importantly, there were kids directly behind me and my wife kicking our seats and eating the biggest bag of candy <laughs> that has ever been produced and talking. The whole movie long. So when did you guys see it? We saw it on Sunday. Yesterday. We saw it yesterday in the afternoon at like one o'clock. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the the layout of the theater here. I mean, it wasn't a packed the layout of the theater. Aren't they all pretty standard? I'm looking at I'm looking at from the point that I purchased tickets and the reserved seats and how many people purchased tickets to how many seats were I see. I'm sorry. I misspoke. So, I mean... Wouldn't be a first here on the McSauce comic book podcast. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't... What we do. This isn't anything new. Uh, Yeah, I'd say like about... Probably... Paul's right. 60% full. Somewhere around there. I would say that that's basically what, what I was dealing with Thursday night. Um... On opening night. Yeah. I I'm willing to bet I would I would probably prefer uh this to be the case that uh a lot of people didn't like The Last Jedi and they were like, Fuck that, I'm not going to see that. And honestly Even though these two <clears throat> things are not connected in almost any way correct. at all. Correct. I would agree with that. And honestly, um if we weren't doing a podcast I wouldn't have gone and seen it this weekend. I don't know if I would have seen it in the theater. Uh, like this was really? not wow. This was not a I wow. yeah, I had no desire to see this. I'll tell you what, it snuck up on me. I forgot that it was going to be in theaters until a uh, friend of the pod Eric reminded me on Thursday night that 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 it was happening. So I I did like it it just slipped past my pop culture eyeball and I was like, "Oh, oh shit, that's right." That's happening because so many other things had been happening. So it I think it speaks to a crowded summer schedule, a little bit of Star Wars for fatigue from The Last Jedi. Uh, like those are the two things that I think are, are kind of going against it and why this depressed box office happened. I think that you're not giving enough credit to the power of sort of like word of mouth, if that's really the term we want to use here. I think the backlash against The Last Jedi is really significant. I think the overall brand has taken a hit that I think Disney and Lucasfilm are only starting to to understand. I thought you were going to go with the specter of on-set problems and drama. I think that's irrelevant. Really? 
Um, I think it's completely. Do you think irrelevant. that it had any kind of effect on people like us that pay attention to that a lot, and we know? No, because we went. We gave them our money. How about our excitement? We didn't give them our excitement going in. Yeah. We didn't pump this movie. But they don't like count we, excitement. No, but they're like, I got what? your seven right, but, bucks, motherfucker. Right, There's two reasons like we the weren't little, excited. The little influence that we have, which we do have some influence. We we weren't pumping this movie. Right. We well, here I'll tell you why. There's two reasons to get Ian. other people excited. Reason one is because of the Last Jedi. It it hurt our Star Wars buzz. Like it just did. Reason number two is this wasn't a story that any of us felt they needed to make. We felt strongly about that since the day they announced it. I agree. And I don't want to tip my hand here, but I still don't think they needed to tell this story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, story-wise, probably didn't need to tell it. Story what? What story? How Hong gets into the game? How, how'd you how'd you get that fucking awesome Harry co-pilot? Gets into the meets Chewie. Gets in how he gets into the smugglers game. Yeah, like that's that's the story they were telling. This was Han Solo begins. Yeah. So okay, I guess why don't we uh, why don't we get into it? So we talked a little bit about the depressed box office that we I don't want to get in. Saw. I don't want to get into it yet, Ian, because oh, you, I'm sorry, because you. <laughs> Hinted that you may have had an incident at your movie oh, theater. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. An incident that sounds kind of like we could have broken out theater justice. That's right. So we can tell the fans very, very quickly what is McSauce Theater Justice? Theater Justice is the, it's, it's the swift and righteous thing that happens to a person whenever they... Go into a theater, and we all know the rules of the theater. You go into a movie, you can you can laugh, you can clap, you can gasp, you can cry. But what you can't do is you can't fucking kick somebody's chair. You can't talk throughout the movie continuously to your. So uh, your chair was kicked. So okay, my, so theater my justice. Wife, my, so yeah, and and so you can't you can't violate certain. Things about the theater. What if you we do? all know. What if you do? And if you do, in the perfect McSauce dystopian future, you will be utopian. 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 I'm sorry, I misspoke. Utopian. <laughs> Once the viewing is over, and we, this is something that we haven't really hashed out. I feel like you will be dragged out, but then you will wait outside in the in the in the in Madame Guillotine outside in the lobby some as, kind of holding cell something like that and as the people that were in your viewing uh in your theater come out and they're they're leaving the oh my good oh my goodness wasn't wasn't ah oh, deadpool was so funny he shot ryan reynolds in the head and stopped him from taking the green lantern script wasn't that something as they walk out they're like all right everybody stops up you're in theater seven right okay stop and view view the justice Remember that guy that was talking and joking along? He also sang. He sang to the fucking songs. You heard it. You all heard it. It interrupted guy. your movie. And in the utopian future, myself and all of us other 
uh, polite theater goers just sighed and shook our heads because we knew what fate was in store for him. Judge, jury, and executioner takes said theater goer out of the stocks, puts him in the guillotine, cuts his fucking head off. And that's it. And let and that then, be a lesson and, to all of you. And then we don't have any, we don't have talking. We can all sit and enjoy the We don't have chair movie. kicking. We don't have chair kicking. So, we don't have excessive candy crunching. So what happened in your scenario? Myself and my wife. <laughs> all of the were, above. Myself and my wife were sitting there and, and young children around the ages of seven, eight, somewhere around there were directly behind us. They were kicking our seats. They were crunching their goddamn candy. They were talking. They were eating. <laughs> How dare you. And more importantly, they were talking the entire time. Their parents... We're, we're paying lip service to their parental duties. They were saying, hey, you guys, shh, calm down, shh, be quiet, be quiet. But these kids, they were rebels. Maybe they were inspired by these Star Wars movies a little bit too much for my taste because they did. They had no respect for order and discipline. And they just kept goddamn talking throughout the whole fucking movie. So dad had no control. Dad had no control. Dad essentially took four children to their deaths. <laughs> In our utopian future, yes. My wife, who has a hair trigger and has flipped out at a number of a number of movies. Your wife is the one to do the dropping of the guillotine. My right? wife would be the first in line to be she, a Does your wife have a black executioner. Does she have a she black, has a hood black hood in her hood. closet? Yes, yes, she absolutely does. She would be executing people left and right. She she, I think she turned and gave him a little bit of an eye, but they're dumb fucking kids, so they they didn't really get it. And I think she could tell that I was like, please don't kill these children. This isn't the place to murder children. So she kind of chilled with it, but we were still being kicked the whole time. <clears throat> Did it kill my experience? No, I saw the whole Han Solo movie. I know how it ends. I was in. But did it bother me to the point where I would want these kids to maybe be made an example yeah yeah i i would want that i would want someone to come by drag them out and relieve them of their heads of life <laughs> so ian you're you're on board um i don't think we've we've gotten into any in-depth talk about how we handle children uh at the theater just a smaller guillotine <laughs> Like now, I'm I'm under the impression that do it once. My first guillotine. <laughs> when we first when we first started theater justice, I'm under the impression that we do it once, all of it stops. Right. You have one. That's sacrificial the lamb. That's the hope. But and you know people. They're animals. I know. I know people. So like, do we give do we give kids a pass because they don't know better, or or do we kill one child? And then all parents are like, I can't take this risk. You're a fucking nightmare. I can't. We can't go to the Can movies. you imagine our utopian future world ch where children do not go to the theater for fear of beheading? <laughs> we got to see like the newest Pixar movie. And it's just old men. <laughs> when's when's big cinema going to come after us? Like, you guys need to stop this. <laughs> this 
This, You're hurting our. You thought Han Solo be- only made eighty three million. This child beheading rhetoric is too much. You're hurting our bottom line. So yeah, so who do we punish here? I mean, is it too rough? And where, to- where, where's the line? Okay, if it's if it is a Pixar movie, you know. If you're what up 10, 10, 10 years old, if is that it, the cutoff? If it's a G or PG rated film, I feel like theater Chaos. justice is it's it's Chaos off the, reigns it's supreme. Off the, it's off the table. It's off the table. What was Han Solo? Was it PG thirteen? PG thirteen. I don't right, know. If, well, I don't you know get why. Into PG thirteen. No, no. You Ian, should know better. Ian, there's no excuse oh, for no. your chair being kicked, especially of of the short legs of a child. They shouldn't be reaching the back of your chair. That's true. Death. No, Matt, death to the child or death, death to, to the, the children th- or death to the parents that just I, I understand. don't care. I understand. Just letting their children run Ian, wild. Ian, Ian, Ian. These parents are going to care once, 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 once they have to make a heads, new kid. Right. Once their kids heads roll to their feet. <laughs> Do we do we give them a commemorative popcorn bucket to put their kid's fucking head in? That's what yep. that's what the head's caught in once it once it gets chopped off. Here's your fucking head bucket. Asshole. Bring, I'll bring it back you know next what? time you come to the theater, maybe we can put your we'll, other we'll kid's head in it. Here's Billy. Tell Susie, get Netflix. Theater justice has never been so clear. Our utopian future has never looked so bright to me. I can see it. I can I can see the calm, peaceful theaters. I can hear them. You know what they sound like? The movie. They sound not like a fucking dumb <laughs> bastard child. They sound like a quiet place. Okay, so that's what happened to me. So why don't we talk about this movie? But hey, uh, McSauceCasters, if you have some feelings about theater justice, hit us up on Twitter. On Twitter, not on Facebook. People lose their minds on Twitter. <laughs> We've got family on is, Facebook. Is Twitter the better vehicle to talk about child beheadings? Yeah, Twitter is the Wild West. It's full of venom and hate. Maybe that's why I'm on Twitter and not Facebook. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, you don't think this story needed to be told? No, I didn't. Have you always thought this? Yes. Because I feel like I've I've been met with nothing but argument with argument when since they announced this when i said this doesn't need to be a movie it Did, doesn't i think that i don't know aren't we all on the same page with this yeah we like, are. i'm even on the same page we with, are like here's the deal paul here's the difference i think ian and i were gonna try to go into it with an open mind and didn't hate it before we saw it but in typical Paul fashion, you took the hate and see route and you hated it before you saw it. I love hashtag hate and see. I love hate and see. There's there's less disappointment to be had with hate and see. There's nothing but enjoyment that you get out of hate and see. True. However, how, an awful lot if you how, go out of your way to hate stuff. But I, I don't go out of my way to hate things. I hate things that I he just hates then them I, as they come. I hate things that I really don't think need to happen or I genuinely dislike. Okay. Like, I mean, I could easily hate on Skyscraper. 
Yeah, they that story doesn't need to be told. Right, but I'm not. I'm <laughs> like, the yeah, Dwayne Johnson whatever. heat check. How much garbage? <clears throat> how many garbage things can I take to the top of the box office? Give me Nev Campbell's destroyed career and one leg in a movie about a fucking building. She still Let's looks. Do she it. still looks. She's great. amazing, but still yeah. looks great. So okay, so we all kind of thought that. Uh, do we need to see a Han Solo? Basically, when they started announcing they were going to make spin-off Star Wars movies, we started thinking, well, what would be a good a good movie, right? And then they came out with Rogue One, which was, you know, kind see, of interesting. It wasn't you know, another I, story that didn't need to be. Told. And I see, I that one, I disagree with you. I think that that was a cool story that didn't need to be told. You don't need to tell it, but if you're going to cherry pick from the lore that is a good place to start but Han Solo no right I think more unanimously we were kind of against a Han Solo movie but I was still confident that it would be enjoyable was it enjoyable do you want me to do you want me to go there right now yeah yeah. 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 Gonna, yeah, let's rip it. Let's, yeah, let's rip go. off. Let's rip it. Yeah. yeah. I am interested because Matt, I I know I feel like I know how Paul feels. I don't know what you're thinking about this. So Yeah, it was enjoyable. You said that with so much enjoyment. <laughs> so so much so much reservation. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's a flawed movie. <laughs> Just like a lot of the new Star Wars you said movies it like, are flawed movies. I liked it. <laughs> I did. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought there were good parts. But here's the thing about this movie. If I was going to elevator pitch my review to you, I don't know what the fucking story was about. I really like, I couldn't tell you really what is the story of this with any kind of detail to it i could tell you some really cool action sequences i I just i told you what the story was about like five minutes ago well not your version but like the if i was going to summarize what the story is i don't think i could do it very well but i can tell you what some of the cool action moments and adventure moments and character beats were um and to me That, while I like it on one hand that it is a much more character-centric thing than telling a story that ultimately really didn't matter, um, I, I don't think I like that for Star Wars, you know? Like, just like Rogue One, this movie sort of takes the the myth out of it. It takes the fantasy out of Star Wars, and that... That's the uninteresting part of Star Wars because when you do that, suddenly it's just a sci-fi movie. For me, like the Kessel Run is more central to like lore and myth and fun than many Bothans died to bring us fucking plans and shit. I didn't really care how they got the plans for the Death Star until they showed me, and I was like, yeah, hey, that's pretty fucking cool. I definitively never wanted to actually see the Kessel Run. And now that I've seen it, it's you Han wish Solo. you could unsee it. What, what's that? You wish you could unsee it. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's made 
the lore and Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon lesser for it. I agree. I thought the Kessel Run was a large disappointment. It all it was was him tri- like basically boosting his computer in the Millennium Falcon. It was like Fast and the Furious where they put like Nas in the engine and like artificially boost. I'm looking at you you you've never seen any of those movies? No. Okay. Yeah, no. I haven't and I never will. Sad you for never you. will see the Matrix movies? No, the thank Fast you for and the listening. Furious, oh, Paul. Thank you Sorry. for listening. I don't I don't know why I heard Matrix. I heard every fucking word of what you were saying, Ian, except the movie. <laughs> How convincing was that? Anyway, <laughs> Matt, we were talking about Star Wars and we the were. Castle Run. Um, th- were there other things about the like the origin of Han Solo that you thought were lesser now after seeing it? Um, kinda. Uh, the Kessel Run's the biggest. I think that the, him meeting Lando was underwhelming. I actually liked him meeting Chewbacca. I I liked that. I liked them both. I thought they were both kind of cool. But at the same time, again, this is stuff I kind of wish that I hadn't seen. I I think that it doesn't enhance anything. It's enjoyable, but it doesn't really enhance the Han Solo that we know from the episodic movies, which are the only ones that really matter, right? Like, this is all just frivolous. It depends on what you feel matters. We're all comic book fans here. Essentially, we pick and choose the versions of characters and how they're presented that matter to you. This could have this this could have been Space Smuggler Begins and worked just as fine. Like this held no. This it didn't matter to me what was what was in this movie. What we saw this could have been generic Space Smuggler Begins, just like. The first Transformers could have been Robots from Mars, and it would have been the exact same movie. Like, so you're saying like it would have been cooler if this was if this was a generic original movie, you probably would have liked it more. Is that yes. what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I felt it was generic. I mean, it was definitely Han Solo. Some of the trepidation that we had going into it. Uh, outside of the fact that we were like kind of against the idea of it, we knew that there were troubles on the set. We heard that it was a freaking comedy that they were making, like an Ace Ventura, um, but with Han Solo. We heard that um, that Alden Ehrenreich needed acting lessons because he wasn't able to <laughs> act like Han Solo. And in the end... All those things were non-factors. Like the acting was fine. The the film was was made well. Like the it it didn't feel even pieced together. No, as we would have been led to believe, which makes me wonder if I need to chill with the internet and stop reading every little bit and piece and article about the production of these movies that I'm gonna go see because. Maybe I would have enjoyed it a little bit more I thought that, if I didn't know any of that. Man, stuff. I thought Ron Howard's directing was really good. It was good. It was real good. It 
the problem was the story. It was the writing. John, John and Larry Kasdan probably should have never wrote this story. Like I wish Ron Howard would have been given much better material. And, you know, this was a pet project for those two. And it, I felt like Lawrence Kasdan can do whatever he wants. Cause he wrote the empire strikes back or co-wrote it. And that's bullshit because, um, Star Wars isn't his pet project. And, um, he wanted to tell a story with his kid. Uh, nepotism much, Paul? Um, that, I mean, I think we were proven, yeah, this story did not need to be told. Uh, yeah, it totally didn't. I've been in that camp since day one. Um, the three of us have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I, I, I don't. Maybe I'm. Maybe I, I got more pushback from people other than you two, but I feel like I've been alone in the. This movie doesn't need to happen. Fight that wasn't from the very beginning. I feel like that hasn't been. Maybe that's been your defining argument against it, and therefore you were kind of shitting on it the entire time. But I think where Ian and I were coming from was, yeah, it doesn't need to be made, but when they do, it'll probably be fun um, or enjoyable or whatever. Uh, I think we still had a level of confidence going in that it was going to be quality, uh, even if it wasn't really like it was a it was a well-made movie. Right. I mean, it was entertaining. If I had my pick of a spinoff, it'd probably be the Obi-Wan movie, which we can get into that in a bit. I probably like this better than Rogue One. I don't remember my polynomics for Rogue One, but like as of right now, I'd probably rather watch this again. Well, I'd rather watch it again, too, just to kind of see it again. But I felt like the, the movie had some pacing issues. I felt like the first two-thirds of the movie moved along at a nice clip. Um, it went from one fun action sequence to another. And then the last third of the movie just came to a screeching halt. And there was so much exposition and so much talky talk going on. And I felt like, um, what was his name? Dryden Voss, the uh, Paul Bettany character. Yeah. He was kind of proved to be a bit toothless at the end. We he talked, wasn't, um, I'm sorry. He but. wasn't like. I felt like what they kind of were building him up to be by the time we get to the climax, he's really not anything really special. We talked uh, a little bit last episode about how Cable looked really tiny. And I mentioned how, to me, Alden Ehrenreich and Han Solo looked really tiny. Yeah. And it was one of the scenes when they're first in like Dryden Voss's party where Paul Bettany first shows up. And I was thinking... How tall is Paul Bettany? Because he was like a foot taller than Woody Harrelson, who is like a foot taller than Alden Ehrenreich, who's the same height as Amelia Clark. And like <laughs> in that setting, Alden Ehrenreich looked so tiny. I was like, oh my lord. Alden Ehrenreich's five. Am I watching 11? Solo or Willow? <laughs> And then Willow but, and was then, in this movie, yeah, and, then you and got I was the like, size comparison to oh, Willow." Now I, now I get it. 
He's yeah. five feet, not right. four eleven. I, I didn't have that same. I only thought, God damn, the vision's so fucking tall. I well, supposedly Alden Ehrenreich's five eleven, and I don't necessarily think that. Or no, five nine. Paul, but here's the thing, Paul Bettany is six three. That's pretty fucking tall. So, oh that's, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's five. Maybe they nine. should have just kept uh, <clears throat> Michael K. Williams cast, and he's much shorter. Well, he was a CGI character, and they didn't have time to finish it. And he, yeah, he couldn't. Um, he couldn't come back for like reshoots or anything. Okay. So they couldn't even just be like, "All right, well, like you're in here, just uh, just do the thing from the wire, just be Omar, and uh, we'll we'll just shoot that scene like that." <clears throat> um, but they shouldn't have cast Paul Bettany at. Six three, towering there over was, every <laughs> single actor on set. There was That's a promotional a cast somebody shorter. There was a promotional thing that I saw recently where Alden Ehrenreich was being interviewed and Harrison Ford crashed it, and then Alden gets out of his chair and they're standing face to face. And I didn't feel like Harrison Ford was that much taller than Alden Ehrenreich, and I thought, well, maybe. When Wait, when was this? Uh, in the last couple weeks, um, he you was just be- saw he was being interviewed, and then Harrison Ford yeah, like kind of crashed. I, I saw that, but th- like, I mean, this is also like fifty years after Harrison Ford was the same age as Alden Aaron. Right? So you're saying he shrunk? Like Harrison Ford has easily lost inches, if not a foot, since a he foot? was twenty eight. He's he's a inches, foot if not a foot. He he's. Listed at six one, Alden Aaron Reich is listed at five nine. You know who That's, else was listed at six one? Marty Saint Louis. I stood next to him. He was shorter than me. That shit on maybe that's counting on height on the internet is speculative at best. Um, sure. So I'm I'm thinking that Alden Aaron Reich is probably shorter than this five nine. I think he I think he's a little shorter than Harrison Ford, but God. I had no idea Paul Bettany was so big. He was, yeah, it's not how short Alden Aaron yeah, is. It's how Paul big Bettany Paul Bettany is. is. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Starting for the Cavs. Because when he's, he's fucking gigantic. When he's Vision, and like I've only really seen Paul Bettany in, what's what was that vampire movie called? Priest? Priest. I've seen him in that, and I've seen him in the Avengers movies, yeah. and now Solo. And in neither one of those previous movies was I like, why isn't he playing for the Sixers? <laughs> yeah, I I never got that. So that must be that just must be the camera angles that they use in those Avengers movies to be like, yeah, Vision's a normal size dude. Don't worry about <laughs> they it. They're using like reverse force perspective or I guess actual force perspective to make him look shorter. Force perspective. Nyak nyak. Oh. So I love that I we're going that deep into like we've gone deep into the heights of these characters. Um, was was there anything that we... But it matters. It, it, it does matter. When but you I'm have just, characters that have been established to be certain size people, then they need to be the size that they've been established to be. Well, why don't we, why don't we go over some broad things, like just something that we're really afraid of going into the movie, which is Alden Ehrenreich's performance and how we thought it was going to be a it this entire movie leans on that performance and we thought from all the things that we read on the internet that it was going to be a flaming can 
of dog turds. And it turned out he was pretty good. I thought he was convincingly Han Solo. Yeah, not it, only was he was he pretty good, he I felt because leading up to it everybody was Donald Glover, Donald Glover, Donald Glover. I thought he outshined Donald Glover, and that's saying something because he was good too. I think that he was as good as Donald. I I think Donald Glover was still slightly better. I think he he made me forget that that was Donald Glover, and I was like, oh man, that's fucking that's just Lando. Alden Ehrenreich was like, oh, that's a little bit meeker Han Solo, <laughs> but Donald Glover seemed like the same exact character that we run into, only. More successful when we hit him in Empire. That's just the logical extension. There's still some work that we're going to need to see with Olden Ehrenreich. He'll get there, but he was still pretty, a little, a little bit puppy loved, a little bit yeah. star-crossed. I've seen still good, but he has to get there. I've seen so much. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Do you read reviews from <laughs> Charles Barkley often? <laughs> oh, wow. Would you, would you like to start again, or are we just going to ignore this? Cut it out of the pod. What happened there? What, what, what was that? What kind of reviews are you reading? I'm excited. See, here's... This is what... You're, you're going... Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your thing. Do no, your tell thing. me. No, no, no. No, no say it. No, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I've heard, like, all, all day today since I've seen this movie, I've seen so many people be like, oh, my God, Alden Ehrenreich is so good. Like, he really embodied Harrison Ford. Do do we have a new Han Solo? Is Harrison Ford uh, incidental in the series now? And I couldn't disagree more. I think Alden Ehrenreich was the weak link. In this movie, I thought he was he was playing a really bad version of Harrison Ford the entire time. This wow. was a guy that was acting. You could see he was acting. He never embodied the role. He was tiny. He was frail. There was nothing tough or manly about him in any scene. Like he was. He's, did you think he's he was trying to do a, a Harrison Ford? Did you think he was trying to do like a caricature of Harrison Ford? Because I don't think he was. I think he was doing the same thing that Chris Pine did, which was take a recognizable character and make it your own. And I think he, I think he did that. Maybe, maybe that like was, it was the problem like, for me because I don't think that's. I don't think you can do that in this because it's not. It's not a different universe, Han Solo. It's Harrison Ford's Han Solo. So. And I get, and I I hate that thing. I I hate that hey, they have a different universe. It is, like, it is what it, it is. What it is, fucking Kurt. Right, there, and there's there, not really any difference, man. It's the timeline, but no, it's not the there's, character. There's a, there isn't difference. There is, no, there isn't. There's a huge difference because William Shatner acts a certain way. Like that is as much Kirk as anything else. Harrison Ford acts a certain way. And Alden Ehrenreich tries to act a certain way, but it 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 lands so infrequently. He's not doing a caricature or anything. He's just trying to do his own version of Solo. I'm glad that's your opinion. I think it sucked a huge fucking monkey dick. Really? That's insane. That there were times when, there were, there, were, there were times when 
I thought it worked pretty well, and I understand this is a younger, like super soft Charmin version of Han Solo that like isn't manly whatsoever, or has, or never looks like he comes from the background that they tell you he's from. But like overall. He was no. very soft. I agree. He was very like, soft. And, and I watched I watched all of the Han Solo parts of A New Hope today just, just to make sure I I wasn't completely off base with this. And I get there's a time difference between, you know, uh, a, a Solo and when we first meet Han and A New Hope. I get that this is Han Solo Begins. And maybe between this movie and A New Hope, he's been through a ton of adventures that harden him. And by the time maybe you get to A New Hope... something awful happens to his lady love that, he's, that has made him so charming yeah. soft. Could that possibly happen in, I don't know, two more movies? May, yeah, maybe. But, I don't know, with this opening box office, but I don't with know this, if they're making more. But with the, just based on... Solo and what happens in Solo, um, the the story tells you, you know, the hard knock life he grows up in. We see the hard knock life he grows up in, but nothing from Alden Ehrenreich's performance is tough. That dude is so fucking soft. I agree. Like there is nothing threatening about him. Like the when you first meet Harrison Ford in in A New Hope, you're like, man, this is a man. This is a tough. Man, this is a fucking dude. It's like when it's like when Thor lands when they catch Thor in uh, in um, Infinity War, and Drax is like, "No, this is a man. Like you're a dude." Right, because Thor has been through some shit at that point. He's been through fucking a bunch of movies and a lot of trials and tribulations. I know, and I get when it. We, like the, Alden Ehrenreich, like the only part that we're, we're only beginning to see him transform into Han Solo whenever we get the the him shooting first. Like that's when we're starting to it. see him to I mold under, into. I it, understand man. all that, and I, I get it. He's, I he's fucking soft. I I get then it. Then why are you fighting with me? Because that's I'm what not I'm saying. fighting with you. You're you're just going over the top with this. I don't think it's a bad performance. I think it's a choice. I, I think also it is do, I also super... don't think it's a bad performance if it's but but if it's how, if it's how is it how is it not a bad performance whenever it sucks fucking monkey dick. How is that, or is that a good thing? If it's is that something that we begins, should laud people for? It's, it's fine. Monkey dick. It's not. It's not Han Solo. It's 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 Han Solo begins. I think. I I, yeah, I agree. I, I He's didn't, super soft. I didn't. You like would it. think that that horrible um, war would have toughened him up, but it fucking didn't. But what might? I didn't like it. I thought you know for the criticisms I gave Donald Glover in the brief trailer clips I saw, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he embodied Lando. He had a little lilt in his voice like Billy D. The way he delivered lines, like I really like Donald Glover in this yeah, movie. That, but like, everything you heard about me is true. Like the way that he delivered that, that sounds like Billy D. But Alden Ehrenreich, he was just he just never and like I think if you're if you've come up, if you grew up the way you grew up as a fucking slave on a like sh- on a on an industrial shipbuilding planet, and then you spend f- like three years in like, like the shittiest part of the Empire's army. By the time you meet Tobias Beckett, 
you shouldn't be a fucking snowflake. Yeah, I, I would be a snowflake if that's what I'm at Tobias Beckett, because I'm a pussy. But this is Han Solo we're talking about. He should have had a little bit more guile. Yes. And he did, He never did. And he should have ne- should have never met Chewie because he should have been thinking on his feet enough to not get turned into the Imperial Police and thrown into the monster cage. And like, there's a there's a certain luck that was portrayed by there was there was portrayed in this movie that like like Han just he he just gets by, and that is Han's thing throughout. You know the art, the entire arc of Han Solo, he just barely gets by. But in this movie, I felt like it was more, more luck than him actually knowing what he's doing. Sometimes, so I wasn't happy with Alden Ehrenreich. I wasn't happy with the direction of this character. But yeah, like I get what they're doing. It's early. He's not Harrison Ford yet. You know, maybe they're gonna train Ehrenreich up for. Episodes two and three, maybe, but like, I mean, he wasn't the worst part of this movie. But I, I, I wasn't. You said happy he was the it. weak link of the movie for being the title character. He was, but he wasn't my least favorite part. Okay. Well, so, well, <laughs> the thing that sucked, Donkey Dick, isn't your least monkey. favorite monkey, monkey, Monkey Dick. I am curious to see what is your least favorite part of the movie. L three, <clears throat> hands down. Why? You can't all of any of it. Why? The reason why, like, you understand that it was all over the top for a reason, Paul. Do you get that right? Like, all of her comedy is over the top to be over the top. I don't have to like it. You don't have to. And I did. Like, I thought it was terrible. I thought it was all funny. I know because you did. it was so fucking clearly. Insane and over the top. I didn't like it. Okay. It was fine. like every every line of her dialogue was in complete service to the shtick they were playing her at. And after, after line two. Which was what? What was the shtick? Robot rebellion and like we don't need to be slaves and we need to get out of this. And like the silly like Lando's in love with me stuff. Like it, it didn't land with me. I thought it was fucking stupid. I, I was so happy that they killed her, and I was like, please, just really let her be dead. And now I'm kind of upset that now by the time she, you get to a new Millennium Hope, Falcon. I'm like, wait a second, is she still in here? Yeah. Is this horrible ab- abomination of a character still in this fucking trilogy? <laughs> I love that you Hated have it. that that much vitriol for that. Horrible. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought like I. I like you know, um, like K K two and Rogue One, you know, what the way the way they did K two, he was you know kind of grumpy, you know, old army droid, and it was kind of funny the way it was it was portrayed. It was the first time we ever we ever really saw that. And there was more of a subtlety to it, but the actress's voice was so like like harsh, and it sounded like it was louder than all the other voices in the mix. Like I, and they were like, "Oh, well, you know, K two worked out pretty well, so let's let's also make like a cantankerous one for this movie." But I I don't think it worked. I hated it. I thought it was over the top for a reason. Um, I I thought it was pretty funny. I thought that the things that she ended up doing, which 
in a way helped with uh, taking off the restrainer bolts on all the droids, freeing the droids. I thought that was funny part of the the plot of the movie. Um, the there is something about the whole Lando thing. It's it's more concerning with Lando that I didn't like about the movie. But I think we're harping too much on the things that we didn't like about it right now. So why don't we why don't we talk about more stuff that we maybe liked? Because I feel like generally we enjoyed this movie. Well, can I? say my least favorite part and then I'll get into what I like? Yes, more sure. venom. Sure. More vitriol. Did we really need an explanation on why his last name is Solo? Oh my fucking god. You know what, Matt? Fuck. You know what? That's my least favorite part too. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I, you know what? I, I, I forgot about it until right fucking now. You're, Fuck that. You're yeah, welcome. We were on the subject of Thank characters, you. so that's where I was Christ. focused. But yeah, Matt, you're yeah, spot on. I hated that. I hated it as soon as it was happening. And I could see exactly where it was going as soon as he's like, who are you with? And and he like didn't have an answer. I'm like, motherfucker, they're going to... I see exactly what they're about to do. I was and like, they wait, did his, it. his last name's not Solo? He wasn't born Han Solo? Right. His, like, his, why can't he his just His father's he, name isn't Solo? His last what? name is so forgettable that he's like, it doesn't matter. Like, go. He talks about his himself. dad, but yet he doesn't know his last name or he doesn't have one. It just didn't make sense. And, 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 okay, so it's not his real last name and it's given to him. It's bestowed upon him by a stupid imperial officer. That's trying to be witty. N- now I'm, now I'm mad enough <laughs> to talk about <laughs> My least favorite thing <laughs> is the pansexual handling of Lando. I fucking can't stand that. And I can't stand it for a lot of reasons. Um, mainly because us Ian, black guys don't Ian, get a lot of sci-fi characters. Give us... I'm sorry. Give the listeners oh, some backstory. Oh, okay, you're on what a pansexual... Right characters and also for me okay um in the there are there have been a a lot of interviews with the writers of this film as well as donald glover about the pansexual nature of lando what that means is is, what that means is that lando can love anyone in anything be it a man woman or droid he you're gonna say child until they're beheaded (laughs) <laughs> so he he feels love for things he can be sexually attracted to basically anything and the the way that you could view this movie as um l3 gets is talking about how she might you know lando the way he looks at me and blah 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 while that could also be played up as comedy which i think it normally is intentioned to be when she dies or is mortally wounded halfway through the film, and Lando <coughs> is is so upset that he goes out that out there and tries to sacrifice himself and and endangers himself and the mission to save what's left of this droid. We f- for romantic reasons, apparently, um, that has been confirmed by the writers as well as Donald Glover. Is yeah, he's he's pansexual. Yeah, yeah, and yeah you need to- he has he, he has like a. Um, he has a love interest with this. You droid. need to stay off the internet. Wait, 
Wait. Well, no, I mean, this is the like... Writers I understand that. I understand that. Donald Glover said... In interviews. He is... With, with papers He and is interviews. interested in L3. That's what pansexuality means, is that... I know, I know what that means, but... I I know they announced Lando's pansexual. He'll fuck whatever. I get I get that. Right. But I I never heard anything that explicitly said he's into this droid. That well, that's what that's what they're asking about, and it also plays into Han Solo when he's like, "Oh, buckle up, baby." Even though that could just be I don't know, just some cool thing that you say to some dude, like "Sit the fuck back. We're gonna." Jump into fucking hyperspace. Right and this now. is this is twenty eighteen sci fi fantasy. Everyone everyone's gay. Everyone's transgender. Everyone's everything but straight. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but as, and when and when, as, and, when as people, and when people are straight, the internet makes so much of a fuss that at some point Cap and Winter Soldier are gonna kiss because right. the internet wants it so bad. I and even though they're both very straight individuals. I think it's like I like I mentioned before, we as uh, us black people, we only get so many sci-fi characters. If you want to create someone that is pansexual, that's fine. That would be cool. If you want to create a completely new character that does those things and will have sex with anything, that's fine. I think that putting that on Lando, uh, an already established character whose sexual charisma is part of his thing towards uh, I, towards Princess Leia because that's all we know. Right, which is sort of the thing that is threatening towards Han Solo is, oh, my buddy, who also is as suave but all, more successful than me, that's a threatening thing for me, and that creates tension and humor and all of those things. But it undercuts all of that if it's, oh... That's my buddy who. Will but now fuck he's like he he might fuck Chewy. He'll fuck anything. It doesn't matter because he's pansexual. And what do you think he keeps everything. Lobot around for? More it, like Blowbot. <laughs> well, I it, don't know. Lobot's a Lobot's another. Well, I don't know, maybe it it it. <laughs> well, yeah, he he wanted to have sex with uh, with a human robot with a boy robot. Like he's just checking it, off it, all the. Well, what was the All boy the robot? Blowbot. He's a boy robot. Oh, boy. Okay. He's a boy bot. So it does it does two things to a pretty beloved character at two things. It over-sexualizes him by making him just want to fuck everything all the time and it doesn't matter. And it also cuts away from the compassion that this character ha- could have for just his, his friend and first mate when he goes out there to try to save her from being blown away. I think that that, that makes his feelings lesser because he he's just trying to fuck some fucking droid, and Ian, that's the thing that I don't like. I I feel like you have read an awful lot into those comments, uh, because if you take the movie at face value, that's not what's conveyed in the movie. As a matter of fact, you could you could interpret him going to save the droid as. The droid's just very personal to him. Maybe like Luke would do the same thing for R two D two. I don't know, but um, but I I think the whole thing where like the droid's talking about the relationship aspect, Lando didn't say that. The droid did, and I think that's like kind of funny. Like I didn't I didn't take it as literally. As it is you, until the writers and the actor come out and say, "Yeah, right, that's what's happening." Right. 
I didn't hear that. I didn't see that. I think that's amazing that you didn't hear or see that. Well, I've I've kind of done a really good job of going like media blackout on this movie ever since that final trailer came out. Mm-hmm. And it really helped, I think, it helped me enjoy the experience better because I wasn't waiting for X, Y, or Z to happen. It was just, I was kind of taking it as it came. There wasn't really anything specific. I was ever like, man, well, wait a minute. If this happened already, then I know that this is going to happen. Like there was, n- there was no deduction going on. Whereas for everything, that's what I'm always doing. I do it with star Wars movies. I did it with the Batman V Superman. I do it with almost everything, but I didn't, I didn't go crazy on Avengers. I didn't go crazy on solo. I think that's like my new approach to this stuff because it, is absolutely ruined in the marketing anymore. Because I don't know if marketing in is intended for us to see all of it. There's just so much put out there because they want to hit everybody. So if they can get somebody with at least a piece of marketing shrapnel, then they'll be interested and they'll go see it. But then there's psychos like us that know exactly when something <laughs> drops and we watch yes. it and then we watch the next thing and the next thing. And it's like, oh, how about that? We've seen one half of this movie already. So yeah. I avoided that. Like, um, no, I, I get there's nothing in the in the movie that says, like, <clears throat> Lando's pansexual. Lando wants to have sex with this droid. But, like, I don't do the Star Wars deep dive trying to find everything out there. Like, I'm just scrolling through Nerdist headlines and it's... Lando Calrissian's pansexual says writers, and I heard it from you first. Like, and then, and then at that point, I'm like, "Well, motherfuck." So I already know it; it's already in there, it's already in my brain. So then, when I see this movie, even if like the L three bit is played as a joke, I, since the writers have already said, because I accidentally stumbled across that, I'm like, "Oh." Lando wants to fuck this droid. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But and, let and me. He does like touch her sort of droid, her droid lips. Mouth. You know, like it wouldn't, goes over the top. Wouldn't want to kiss those lips, by the way. <laughs> well, I think if you take the movie at face value, that's kind of what it does. It just is the way that it is. It doesn't explicitly say Lando will fuck anything. You know what I mean? Like, right? But the movie doesn't do that. The, yeah, the, the movie doesn't. But this is an internet world, so you know more people than just us fucking Star Wars nerds are gonna stumble across the Lando is pansexual. Yeah, pattern. right. True. But of the majority, or the of all the people that are gonna go see this movie, like one percent of the people, if that, know that. So it really isn't that relevant. One one percent, one percent. Yeah, of the people. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that, buddy. I really uh, don't. not not your but, opening night mm. crew of the people that are gonna go see this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel confident that probably significantly less. Maybe one percent of the people that saw Infinity War, but based on solo numbers, maybe maybe it's twenty five percent. So, I mean, for for whatever it's worth, and the way that I feel about Star Wars and the character of Lando and knowing what I know from the writers of this movie that came out on record and said what they said, that is my least favorite thing. All right, so what was our favorite thing about Solo 
a Star Wars story. Um, see, there's too much dead space here because I did have a lot of fun at this movie. Like, I know we've sat here for an hour and kicked the living well, this is, I mean, this shit is, out of this movie. This is vintage mixed Yeah. Like, we spend 60 minutes I'm excited. hammering something and then we're all like, eight. It's an eight. <laughs> <laughs> we loved it. <clears throat> I like the, uh, I like the, the loot train. Um, scene where they're the initial robbery of the the snowpiercer, as it were, around the mountain. That was pretty cool. You get to see the, your first glimpse of those um, the the bad guys that I can't name that looked really cool and ended up not being bad at all. Memphis Nest, sure, but yeah, whatever, that was... whatever their names were, yeah, they were really cool looking. They had a cool speeder bike kind of thing. They reminded me of Mad Max characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that the train sequence and uh, all of that was really cool looking. And and it was a fun action set piece. Well, I agree with that. That part happened way earlier in the movie than I anticipated. I thought that was going to be basically the finale uh, but it, you didn't you didn't think that Kessel Run was going to be the finale? No, I didn't. I thought that the that train sequence was the Kessel Run. Also, is, is not wasn't the, finale. the finale. Yeah, my the, the awesome showdown on the beach that wasn't that we thought we were going to get some cool western like blast them up. Also, not the finale. Played for yucks. Um, my my favorite scene I think was the Kessel Run. Yeah. I, I didn't think because you're a big fan of the asteroid thing that they did in that one Star Wars movie. When they also did that big monster thing that they did in that one Star Wars movie. To be clear, um, I did not want the Kessel Run to be any part of this movie. I still think the handling of the Millennium Falcon in this movie was dog shit. But I was most engaged during. The Kessel Run, the way all the actors work together, you know, the way, the, you know, the, the, the dialogue, I felt, you know, Han kind of felt like Han during those things. Um, I liked, I liked that bit. Like, that was when I was most engaged. Once they were out of the Kessel Run, I was like, all right, I don't care about any of this anymore. <laughs> and I kind of, and, and I kind of didn't. Like, the rest of it was just like, you know, stupid, you know, super huge Dryden Voss, like, gets those... Super huge. Gets those weird like electronic knives, and I'm like, Han Solo, how are you not? He's got you have his a power fucking, Ginsu's. You have a gun, right? Like you, he should be dead immediately. He's coming at you with with electric Ginsu's. You've got a blaster. Shoot his fucking brains out. To the point of and the that, castle run when they're they're flying and they they're like, oh shit, Imperial destroyer, and Han Solo's like, I know these guys. Don't worry, they're not gonna waste. Even a Tie Fighter to chase, and then all the yeah. Tie Fighters come right. raining down. That's, so Han Solo, that's some fucking classic Han Solo shit right there. That was great. Yeah, there were classic, there were classic Han Solo bits that I think could have been delivered by someone that embodied Han Solo better than Alden Ehrenreich. But like that, that was you know between you know Snowpiercer heist and the end of the Castle Run. Like that's when I was most engaged in the movie. Before that and after that, like, meh. I liked the um, that the space monster, you know. Did like, you really? I did. And uh. I thought that that shot of it, 
as it's being sucked into the black hole or whatever that was. And um, it pulls the skin off of it. And and the falcon is in front of it, and it showed the scale. It reminded me of like one of those shots from one of the uh, the new. I think like the J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek, mm-hmm. and you saw how tiny the Enterprise was compared to that Romulan ship, and I thought that looked so cool, but I liked that tentacle monster. It was fun, I thought. I thought it was really neat that the the gravity well pulled its skin off and it essentially just sucked its bare skull into the hole. I, th- I like that a lot. Um, while I didn't want to see Chewie and Han meet... I thought the way that it happened was pretty good. I actually, here's how pathetic I am. I didn't know that that was Chewie. I when, didn't either. When he first got thrown in there. You, you know what I thought it was going to be? dummies. You didn't know from the jump when they said, throw him in with the monster. I you thought it was know. a rancor. I knew. I thought it was going to be a rancor. Right, because it's intentional, cinematic misdirection, you fucking morons. Like, of course it's Chewie. Once of course you're going to throw him down in a pit with a monster but Says the guy wearing the Chewbacca T-shirt. But, but oh, of it's, course. Uh, but like, no. look at him in his Chewbacca shirt. He thinks everything's gonna be Chewbacca. No, right. But no. But seriously, <laughs> you didn't know that. Like, of course, it's gonna be like, oh, the monster. Like, it's gonna be Kirk our lands on that that we fucking love. Kirk okay, lands on yeah, that ice planet I in Star Wars. Chewbacca. I. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm a, a fucking moron. I admitted that I was stupid, and then you spent the next thirty seconds. Like just hammering home just how dumb I am. Like like I didn't recognize it enough. Matt wasn't like, I'm so smart. I didn't know that was Chewbacca, because I'm smart. <laughs> we know we're fucking stupid, you asshole. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> the first time he saw Return of the Jedi, Luke goes down to the Riker pit, he's like, Chewbacca! It's Chewbacca. <laughs> Darth Vader takes off his mask, he's like, Chewbacca. I knew it was Chewbacca. Um, I apologize for hammering you as hard as I did. So <laughs> I'm very sorry. I, I thought one of the coolest parts, and it made it feel like the most Star Warsy to me, was uh, I think it was during the Kessel Run um, when Han. I think it might. I can't remember exactly what happened, but they're in the cockpit of the Falcon, and then the Star Wars music finally kicks in because to that point there was no real like heavy Star Wars themes throughout, but it played it prominently and it felt so good. It felt so right. Isn't it when the Star Destroyer shows up and they're like, ah, shit. It might have been. There's a a bit after that where the TIE fighters are chasing them and they just just cut and paste asteroid field music from Empire. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, you know, then they cut and paste the the asteroid field. Like, they should have just cut Right to the fucking Empire Strikes Back. Da, na, na, na. Like just do just do show, Don't he, Yeah, show the exact show same the scene. exact same sequence. And I was like, And then that, but like cut in like Alden Aaron right, right close like, ups oh, like in the no. cockpit and then like, do, back. <laughs> do, doing doing Ford's dialogue. Yeah. And C3 Pro's in the background. Like, Blurred out. Yeah. <laughs> I liked when um they're, you know, they're flying on Solo. You know, he needs a co-pilot. And the Mother of Dragons clearly doesn't know how to fly this shit. And she's like, oh, yeah. the fucking ri-. And Chewie's just like, Rrr, and just starts hitting all of the switches, which are placed very inconveniently, I might say. They're all over the place on the Falcon. But 
I, I love that part. And he's like, wait, how do you know? And he's like, I'm what fucking did, a thousand years old. You what did we dipshit. think? What did we think of uh, Han speaking Wookiee? That was fine. I thought it was really fucking corny, but really awesome. <laughs> I think it was necessary. You know what I mean? Like, I think you have to do something to stop. It sounded your arms getting ripped. It off. sounded so stupid, but like I totally got it, it and it was kind weird. of endearing. It felt so weird it to me. Did. It's <clears throat> like I feel like you can you can convey that they can understand each other without Han. It would be just as weird if Chewbacca start, suddenly just started speaking English. Does it sound like Scooby Doo? <laughs> and it would I, just be, right. I thought it was fine. I I was okay with it i did i wish they didn't do it though I, it was in the moment of, of han's most desperate moment where he had to just break out his wookie <laughs> yeah like ultimately he didn't need, he didn't fine. need to because chewie understands and Kong's and not speech. to not to go back right but you have to like convey right. that yeah, yeah. you can talk like, Not to go was, back to what we didn't like, but what the fuck was up with the other Wookiees looking the way that they did? <laughs> looking like they were from Lost in Space? <laughs> they looked, the no, they were, they they looked were like from... werewolves. They had normal faces, but like I but thought, hair I thought, I thought it was a Teen Wolf cameo. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. It looked like fucking Teen Wolf. <laughs> Their faces didn't have hair. <laughs> teen Wookiee. He yeah, was like, jeez Louise, Chewie. I thought, I thought that, that Chewie should have ran up and been like, oh, these are my people. Like, I'm out of here. Yeah, what are these? What are this is Planet of the Apes. I don't give a they fuck about so that They look so weird to me. I, I hated it. I, I hated I it. I didn't hate it, but it was weird. I like, expected someone to surf on the top of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> look at the way that the Wookiees looked in Revenge of the Sith. Those are Wookiees, right? Standard Wookiees, right? And then in this, you're, they're running around. They, they look like Bigfoots. Like, it just <laughs> looked fucking Big wrong. Big feet, you asshole. They look like... Big feet. Yeah, they, they look, you know, the Wookiees from even the Life Day special. Standard Wookiees. Wookie. Standard Wookiee. Why did they look Wookie like fans? this? I hated it I so know. bad. I didn't hate it. It was so hey, Pete, like, well, is, bizarre. Is, did we like the uh, well, this the spice is like, mines? Like, did that shit? Uh, I thought that was cool to go to a different the planet. spice mines of Kessel. Yeah, like I thought that was cool. I like Corellia. I thought Corellia was cool. I liked the monochromatic blueness of it, and I yeah. thought that that what was her name, Lady. The vile oh lady, God. whatever. I nope. actually liked lady her. Lady Proxima. We hated. Fuck. I did you not You didn't like, like her? Hated it. I thought that was fucking cool. Up I until was, she spoke. Yeah. She, like, she should have had some yeah. Wookiee tongue. I was like, all right, weird, 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 uh, like centipede water monster. And she comes I'll out give and it she's like, what do you got for me, hon? Like, yeah, it was fucking terrible. Yeah, the voice was Also, bad. I know who voiced her, by the way. Who? You know the the, um, the little midget old lady that's like I think she did a voice in The Incredibles. She was the principal in Kindergarten Cop. She, um, what else was she in? She's in all a ton of shit. You know what I'm talking about though, right? Like uh, The Incredibles, like old lady with the bob haircut and the glasses. Oh, that's not. Is her, she also is the same person from CSI? LA, yeah, from NCIS. Yeah. LA. NCIS, uh, yeah, NCIS. That like, woman. Oh, yeah. oh okay. no. Yeah. Really? Huh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, she was so um, terrible. Here's the thing. Why does Han Solo always have to run afoul of space slugs? 
Like, <laughs> I think that's weird. I, I think that's like, hey, as a teenager, you're going to get in trouble with this space slug. And then when you're older, another space slug. Job of the Hut. Yeah, like that. That voice weird. tanked tanked that whole thing for me. I was like, oh god, like I didn't that love was it. that was grown inducing. The how he gets the name Solo was grown inducing. Oh man, I can't believe that you had such a problem with Lady Proxima. Proxima. Lady Proxima. 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 <clears throat> oh my god, I hated it. Yeah, I didn't like just that just either. just the voice. Like I thought, like all right, we're doing some weird alien water centipede thing. I get it. But yeah, the voice was just bad. Like I wanted her to just yeah. have some alien voice. Like it's not do an alien voice. It's already been established in this universe that people can like recognize noises as words. What about um Yeah, we can talk to fucking R2, right? We can talk what to about R2, some of Chewie? the other main characters in this, like uh Kira. Um what do we think of Kira? Han Solo's love interest. I kinda want her to be Boba Fett going forward uh, yeah i was the the way this movie was set up i was like just make her boba fett jesus <clears throat> christ that's what we're doing here we're just like lumping all the star wars favorite things in here like just i never even stupid. thought of that well the reason why i'm saying that is because another problem that i had with this movie is i felt like they were just doing the greatest hits where because they were yes where, you know, uh, what's Han Solo get in trouble with? Uh, fucking space slugs. Have him grow up with a space slug. It'll be fine. Uh, what, what do we know about, uh, what, what do we know about him and Chewie? Uh, they, they said in the extended universe, a uh, slave and a, yeah, do, do that thing. Um, the the um hey where's he get his blaster at uh, just Beckett gives him just, his just give him a blaster we'll see him get a blaster um the Kessel Run we're gonna do the Kessel Run um, what else happens <clears throat> oh the Kessel Run's gonna be like the asteroid field and put a fucking big monster I'm in there surprised. what else can we do ah, give him Darth Maul put Darth Maul in there they, that the, but. But sir, that doesn't make any sense. Who fucking cares? I'm, put Darth Maul. I'm kind of surprised we didn't see him get the vest. Yeah, he, like he after all have, the like, other greatest hits, like I thought shit. for sure when like Kira was trying on Lando's capes, I was like, His here it comes. Be in there. The vest is going to be in here somewhere. It just it just felt like they were rolling out all the things that you would expect from the lore, and also, as I mentioned, Darth Maul things that you so things you, so the movie gave you things you would expect and things you didn't expect. How dare they? <laughs> Things you would expect from Han Solo that are sort of um, cliched, as well as other favorite Star Wars things that don't even make any sense, but the test audience and fandom loves. I thought like Darth Maul. I thought Kira was fine. I think it's stupid. I thought I thought Dryden Voss was fine. Like I, I I liked him as a Star Wars universe bad guy. Um, I like really. I liked Woody Harrelson. I was surprised that I liked Woody Harrelson. Uh, I liked I liked Tandy Newton too. I was kind of bummed that they killed her. You know what? That's a fair question because I I don't know. I was going into this. I was like, "Eh, I don't know. It's going to be hard because every time I look at him, it's going to be Woody fucking Harrelson. But it wasn't. It was it was Tobias Beckett, and I was I was in on it. I was focused on his haircut a little too much. Did we did we like straight up way of life? It's, it's a wig. Did we like Woody his uh, his gun twirling skills and all that? Like what? I mean, he was almost a um, 
comic book character in the way with his like efficiency and everything. I wish we could have shown him sort of mentor Han Solo a little bit and be like, hey, I shoot guns real good. You should probably shoot them like me. Yeah. Because don't we feel like Han Solo's a pretty good shot? Yeah, well, he even said at one point, show me how you did that. Yeah. And I liked that he said it like that. He didn't He didn't ask, can you show me that? He was like, show me how you did that. Yeah. And to me, again, that's, that's very Han Solo-esque. I wish there was more mentoring. Like, I wish he would have done... A montage! Yeah, right? No. Does this movie want need a montage? Uh, probably not. No? Do we need... Well, then, do we need, like, more time with Han Solo in this crew? I don't think so. No. No. Before we get into the mall in the room, um, I really liked Rio. But I, I know I know you didn't, but, like, I thought he John was... John Favreau. Is that who that was? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was... I really liked him. He was just so, like, chill and relaxed and whatever and just going with the flow. Like, I thought he worked really great with um, <clears throat> with Tanny Newton and Tobias Beckett. Uh, like, I thought I really liked his character. And then they kill him immediately. And then we're stuck with fucking L3 for the middle act. I, I couldn't have... I wish I could have stood up and clapped if I wasn't being kicked in the back by children whenever he fucking died because he sucked. I so thought bad. I thought he looked kind of neat. I loved his attitude that he was like he was just he was light. He, he was, reminded me of uh, Rocket from yeah I Guardians. Think, I think that's probably why. If Rocket was a shitty character that should have been executed instantly. Wow. I yeah. almost feel like Paul like somehow transferred his essence into your body just now. The hate Venom coming vitriol. out of you. So what we do here, right? Is that right? I, so, I didn't think that's what you did. Let's let's talk. Let's talk briefly about when Darth Maul. Wait, became... wait, wait! I don't want to get to him yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what I, else you got? Well, I wanted to say for Kira, like going into it, I was like, I'm really not on board with uh, what's that actress's name? Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark being in this movie, I feel like. The only thing she should ever be in is Game of Thrones or, like, Playboy. Um, not, a date, not a dated reference at all. <laughs> should be in Deadpool 2. That's a callback. Um, but I saw her in Terminator Genesis. She was terrible in that. Um, and I just didn't... I just wasn't sure that this was going to be like the right love interest for Han, but almost from the jump, I was pretty much in on her character. I, I was unfairly hard on, on Amelia Clark. Yeah, you were being in this movie. And I, I feel like, I feel like she really, I mean, she didn't, I was going to say redeemed herself, but she really didn't. But she changed my opinion of her. And I, I thought that she What about was, her performance changed your opinion? Um, I f I'm I saying that not challenging you. I'm just saying, like, she was well, all right. Yeah, going into it, I kind of felt like she was... I didn't like her look from the promotional stuff that I had seen, like just kind of the pulled back hair. 
it felt very un-Star Warsian to me. Um, that and for whatever reason, I really struggle with that, with seeing her any other way than a blonde. But there, I felt that there was a, a an okay amount of chemistry between the characters. But the problem that I had was that you know it's going to end badly somehow, some way, right? Between these characters, that this is a love that will not last. So it's almost like. You're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, well, what happens? But she was okay. Like, I thought that her acting was fine in it, and I anticipated it to be terrible um, because it it really was terrible in Terminator Genesis. But the whole movie was terrible, so that's not on the actors. I've determined who was the who played Kyle Reese in that. Paul, he was um, Boomer, Boomerang, Boomerang and, in Suicide uh, Squad. Forget that actress. Well, he was—he completely redeemed himself in Suicide Squad compared to the crap that he played in Terminator Genesis. So, I need to strike that one from the record. A redemption and, arc. Yeah, but yeah, I thought she was good. I thought um, the other main character, uh, Woody Harrelson, was was good as well. Um, and I was worried about those two characters. And not only that, but I was especially with Woody Harrelson surprised at how prominent they were in the movie. You know, I, I mean, Woody Harrelson's the second main character, right? Yeah. Second to, yeah. To Han. Yeah. I I'd would probably say, so. say Han, Kira, Tobias. You think Kira before Tobias? Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I don't know what the actual billing was yeah. in the credits, but, like, I think it was Han, Kira, Beckett. Mm-hmm. And then Lando comes in after that, yeah, probably. maybe Chewie and then Lando. <clears throat> Chewie was, was good. I really enjoyed... Yeah, a lot enjoyed, of good Chewie stuff. Yeah, yeah like, I this really was probably his it. biggest role, I think, in... Most screen time, definitely, In right? a Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I thought I thought the chemistry between Han and Chewie were, was really good. Like, it was, it felt right to me. Mm-hmm. It felt like those were the guys that were developing a relationship and a partnership like it was fucking cool like i liked i as much as i feel like this movie was a little bit unnecessary i liked seeing that and it sold me enough to be like oh oh, okay um i would like to see more from these characters in this part of the universe i'll i'll be i would be more excited to see a sequel than i was for this movie Emphis Nest. That was the big bad coming into this movie. Mm-hmm. What do we think of that character? So, so disappointing. I didn't Holy think crap. she was a very good actress at all. I think all of her lines B- were before you even get to her without her woodenly. without her. Yeah, it mask. was it was really a bummer that we didn't get any of the promise of this really awesome looking bad guy from the clips from the trailers. Nothing. And then they have the reveal. She takes off the mask to reveal a girl. Just a a girl. Is it me and I'm just dumb? Or did you think when she reveals that she's, you know, biracial girl, did you think that that was... Yes. Okay. I know exactly where you're going. Woody Harrelson and and Daddy Daddy Newton's Newton's daughter. Daughter. That's what I thought it was. Wait, I what? I guess she wasn't. 
No, I know. Oh, no. I never thought that for a second. Really? That's immediately what I thought. I thought, okay, we just revealed who this was, but it's nobody. Why did we reveal who this was? It's irrelevant. She's nobody. She has no place in the story. I thought that that's why I thought the reveal that's had, wh- had weight because I was like, oh, well, clearly that's what you're doing. You're dra- drawing a line between these characters. Why um, why Tobias would care so much. Right. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand why the mask even had to come off to to drive home like, hey. This is the side, right? This is the side that we fight for, and then you could have had a really cool new Star Wars character going forward that people want to learn about, like this Emphis Ness character. Like, but as it's, and by the way, a really bad name. It really doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? No, it doesn't. Well, here's the thing, though. There is a part of Star Wars fandom that is now even more connected and excited about exploring that character than like the reasons that we would have. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, you try to pull that shit into a spin-off movie, Not 20, work. $20 million opening weekend. Like um, this character will be explored in comics, maybe a novel, maybe, maybe comics, maybe comics maybe and maybe comics like, Maybe an episode on an animated any, like, show. There's no weight to this character at this point. Like it, it doesn't mean right. anything. All it the matter. totally all the coolness was instantly uh, just zapped right out of that character when that mask well, came all off. The, all the threat came out, and I think it's it's kind of similar to no threat from Alden Ehrenreich because in the you know she shows up during the Snowpiercer heist and you're like, holy fuck. Like, this person is willing to kill everyone on this train to get this shipment of coaxium. And then she takes her mask off later and she's like, yeah, we can talk it out. <laughs> this is for a greater cause. And like, th- when you first meet her, it's l- it's like no holds barred. I'm going to cut all your throats. You're all fucking dead. And you're like, oh my God. And then when you meet her later... She's like, all right, let's talk it out. This is for the rebellion, and this is for a greater cause. How and it's we, like, how does how does one how does our first meeting with this character justify with this one? It doesn't. It completely doesn't. How do we feel about Han Solo essentially kickstarting the rebellion with providing them with the fuel that they will need to power all of their ships? Um. I didn't even think of that. I didn't think of that either. So really? I don't think anything. Because that's what—that's ha- exactly what just happened. Han Solo is an integral part of the rebellion being able to power all of their ships. Yeah, that's, that's fine. what happened. Kind, kind of, sort of, but like you learn At, from n- not kind of, sort of, exactly. No, kind of, sort of, because you learn from you learn from rebels that there's there's a shit ton of different rebel factions working separately. So. You don't at this point That's in what time. This movie posits. Dude. It thi- no, it this sort yeah kind of sorta it does. Exactly. But exactly. The, no, not exactly. Exactly. <laughs> kind of sorta because in the greater Disney canon, at this point in the Star Wars timeline, which is anyone's guess when the fuck this happens, because you know Star Wars timelines are one hundred percent fluid. Closer they're, than Rebels. Dude. They're liquid snake. 
closer than Rebels because it seems like the next thing that's going to happen is Han Solo is going to go and take a job from Jabba. So, but who knows? Yeah, pretty but, fucking close. Yeah, to but when you meet him, in, but when you meet him in a New Hope, it, you know, like it, it sounds like he's been working with Jabba for years. It seems like this is the job that he's wrapped up with Jabba in. I didn't get that, but I, I, I also get, I also get from Rebels that there's multiple factions of the rebellion that need to all be pulled together, and where this, the timeline of this movie comes in it seems like yeah he's he's helping some faction of rebels get kickstarted and yeah he is helping the rebellion but i don't think it i don't think he's the key that's starting the rebellion i think that that's what disney would like you to think oh probably because they're dirty fucks because they're <laughs> fucking morons okay that don't give a shit about what star wars is really about <laughs> they just there... connect as many bullshit dots as they can now can we like can... is there anything else that we really really like that we'd like to cover or can we talk about darth maul matt um <laughs> do you guys like the music it was fine i love the asteroid field because that was from John Williams. Right. Yeah, John was, Williams actually wrote Han Solo's theme in this, which carries through the entire movie. Yeah, I didn't have a problem cool. with, with the music in this. Like, it, It's better than the music in Rogue One, um, but it's still clearly a notch below standard episodic movies. The greatest composer of all time? <laughs> yeah. But it's like... I. I think the thing that I find frustrating is that you have this vast library of Star Wars themes and it's like they're afraid to use them in these movies. It's like, just fucking use them. They're there. Just Just because on a DVD 20 years ago it was called Luke's Theme doesn't mean you can't use it for a Han Solo thing. Just use the shit. Use it. Right. Like well, they it's, did. it's become part of it's become part of the overall lore of the series. Like it's not beholden to one character. Like how Is it Luke's Chris, theme or is it the Star Wars theme? I don't know. I was just picking oh. a name out of a hat. Wow. Like how, you know, the John Williams Superman theme, it's not the Christopher Reeve theme. It's fucking Superman at this point. The Danny Elfman Batman theme, it's it's Batman's theme at this point. You can roll it out for Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, Dietrich Bader, whoever. It's Batman's theme. Like, if you're going to, like, use those Star Wars themes for Star Wars movies because it's going to make them feel more like Star Wars movies and not Space Smuggler beginning. Exactly. And Rogue One, you know, dabbled in it a little bit here and there, like whenever they showed uh, Yavin the the moon of yavin and they played like the rebel alliance like theme for a, you know a second and it's like yes star wars and then it was gone i was like oh <laughs> get the first couple notes you get hard and yeah. then you immediately get blue balls exactly the music the little little bit of music i, I did like is when the star destroyer first shows up in the maelstrom uh-huh you hear the a new hope like empire i thought that was really empire cool music yeah i really like I, I really like that a lot i thought Ooh. that was good how about this? Dun, dun, dun. The first time that you hear the Empire's, actually, I think it's Vader's theme, 
is on propaganda in the terminal. Oh, that but it was, was the first time that it, but you it was hear, in, a, in, in a major key. And and it's you're hearing it in what in I forget. World. There's yeah, in world. There's like a technical term for that. Yeah. Source you, music or something or I, I forget what it is, but when you're hearing the music, the music that the characters are hearing in the movie. Right. What do we feel about that? Because I tell you what, man, I fucking hate that. Yeah, it was stupid, but it was it was so unobtrusive, obtrusive, ob- unobtrusive, unobtrusive or unobtuse. I, I combine them. Things. Um, uh, but do we like? I don't know, man. That it was dumb, seemed, but it was it was not. That seemed a big like deal. a big deal that we're playing Star Wars music in Star Wars, like. That sucked. It I was, hated that. It was dumb, but I thought it. I, I got the impression it was done with a wink and a smile. It wasn't. It, they were. I it it, think it so wasn't. Too. I don't think. It, I didn't. I didn't hear it as. This is the official music of the Empire from John Williams Studio to your ears. Join the Empire. Like I thought it was done with a little like wink and a smile. So we're watching Starship Troopers now. Who the fuck knows what we're watching? It's fucking Disney Star Wars, man. Anything goes. There's no rules. It's the Wild West. Can we please talk about Darth Maul now? Well, there's one other thing. <laughs> no, I'm Jesus just kidding. Go ahead. Jesus. <laughs> so. Well, I'm really glad the, the, that they didn't waste Darth Maul on an Obi-Wan movie, the character that should have him as a bad guy. I'm really glad they used him in Han they, Solo, a character that couldn't have any less to do with Darth Maul ever. What in the they did of anything. No, what they did was revive him for play anywhere. He can be in the Obi Wan movie now. He can be in Han Solo. Oh, he I can guess do, you're right. Huh. Yeah. All they did was like uh, He's the big gangster Obi Wan might have to take down. They the they just all they did was activate player. And that's that's all it was for all of the Star Wars movies going forward. Who knows when he dies? I'm excited to see him in JJ's movie as the big bad at the end of the new Star Wars episode nine. I'm well, fucking he, excited for it. So is that the is that the Rebels? Yeah, cameo. That's the Rebels. Yes, nod? because it's it's Rebels is canon, and since that happened, like yeah, because I like before I saw it, someone was like, oh, there's a big. You know, there's you know Rebels cameo in there, and I was like, oh, I really like Rebels. This gives me something to look forward to. And then we were done with the movie, and I was like, where was the Rebels cameo? And I thought like I was... thought I was gonna see like Chopper or Hera or even um, uh, Han- Hando. 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 Um, Hando. Huh? Hondo. Yeah, I was thought maybe Hondo would be in it. I thought and then the nothing. Stuff... But I guess it's. I thought that Darth stuff Maul? on Corellia was taken straight out of Rebels, but I guess I'm wrong. No, like there were similar, similar like landscapes used, but I don't think that would have been the cameo. Like I think the cameo would have been like in the in Force Awakens when you see you know Chopper rolling yeah. by in the background. But I mean, they are referencing like, hey, he's still alive, has these legs that we gave him in oh, Rebels. Yeah. yeah. So I guess yeah I guess that was it. Like so bizarre, really weird, super weird. The weirdest thing, if if I saw Han suck Chewie's dick, it would have been second weirdest thing. 
to Darth Maul showing up at the end. That's a long <laughs> shot. Really? Second weirdest? Second weirdest. Okay. Second, yeah. Like, like why? Because they're like, this is the greatest hits, and we're pulling in everything. And just like we said before, I'm surprised that Kira isn't Boba Fett. Yet. Just we make her Boba Fett. We don't Fett. know. We don't know yeah. because Emphis Ness helmet made her sound like Oh, a my dude. God. Yeah. So... It makes total sense now. Maybe. Matt, Darth Maul, you ready? Yeah, I was pretty excited by it. Um, you liked it? Uh, I loved it. didn't think loved it was it. fucking crazy? No, I mean, it was unexpected, but... Matt beats his meat to the prequels before bed every night. Of course he's excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I... You're here first, folks. I fucking loved it. When he showed... Okay, so they hinted at somebody earlier in the movie they're like you know you you know who i work for or whatever who i answer to i was like yeah you answered to either i thought job of the hut but i thought maybe darth vader but i'm not sure and then then the hologram shows up later right and you see a cloaked figure and i'm like i was like oh okay the emperor the emperor but it like that's not the emperor you can tell like you can you can tell it's that's not his voice and and then I, I realized I think it might be Darth Maul, but like I didn't want to say it might be Darth Maul. As the camera like kind of swoops around, and then you see the the paint, the, the face paint, and as the hood is coming off, I'm like I, I I audibly said, like loudly in the theater, uncontrollably, I go, no fucking way. I wish I, I would have been there to slit your throat. I oh, would have been dead. Two man booth tonight. <laughs> Because Matt would have succumbed to theater justice. I loved it. I thought it was so cool. At that moment, I was like, well, they just told us they're making an Obi-Wan movie. Totally happening. He might just be the... Well, didn't they... They announced that they are, right? No. no. I thought they announced the no. Boba Fett movie. The Boba Fett thing. Nobody's because announced... Because Amelia Clark the Hollywood. So well. Oh, I'm like... Just do it. Just fucking the Hollywood do it. I don't give a shit anymore. He's going to be Porter. pansexual as well. It's fine. Fuck anything. The Hollywood Reporter announced that there's going to be a Boba Fett movie. Uh, there was another reputable source that said there's going to be an Obi-Wan movie, but Lucasfilm has confirmed nothing. Yeah, I think it was that. Um, so, well, I I'm excited that, that you were excited. I think that, that the Darth Maul thing works because Kira obviously has done shit for like Darth Maul. First of all, ain't Darth Maul anymore. He's Maul now. He's not part. He's not affiliated with the Sith at this point. He is a crime guy, like a crime boss, head of um, Maul Industries, head Maul of Maul LLC, in- <laughs> Maul Inc, Maul Corp. <laughs> no, he's head of um, what is it? Uh, Crimson Dawn, right? I thought no, I thought. Dryden Voss was Crimson Dawn. Well, then who's Maul's outfit? The people Crimson Dawn are afraid of. Okay. And he said he was on Dathomir or whatever. And that was the planet with those, like, fucking witches. If they should. It was the planet his people are from. Which is also the planet the witches are from. Oh, okay. The Night Sisters. Yeah, the Night Sisters. And I'm like, because those. 
Those episodes of the Clone Wars are like the coolest episodes of the Clone Wars. It's really dark. Imagine if they brought that into. They're like, really neat because they're really they're really dark. They're really supernatural. Mm-hmm. Like it's the dark side of yes the supernatural darker in the Star Wars than universe. darker than the dark side. Right? Yeah, it's, it's real creepy. It is, and and I feel like that would be such a great thing to explore in um in in Obi Wan. Oh, in Obi-Wan or li- a live action Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like but it, I don't to want, me, I don't want Han Solo. No, it it was look, what this was was a um it was backdoor pilot. What's that? It's when they introduce a character in one TV series and then they spin it out into their yeah, own TV yeah, series. Yeah, more or less. It basically I looked at it as what you get at the end of a Marvel movie after the credits and it kind of sometimes doesn't really have anything to do with that particular thing. Like for example, when, um, I, I'm trying to think what movie it was. Was it, was it like Iron Man two or incredible Hulk? I forget which movie. And then you saw Thor's hammer at the Uh, end of it. And it's like, okay, that's cool. And that's going to spin out into Thor's movie. Um, and I think that this one is setting up that Maul is now a, a crime boss and and he's going to be the villain that Obi-Wan deals with. Now, my question is, does this undermine Rebels at all? Like, are they, I would imagine they will want to show Maul's end cinematically at this point since they've said, okay, yeah, he's back. They're not going to really stick with what happened in rebels is the definitive. Oh no. Movies don't give a fuck what happens on TV or cartoons. Okay. Aren't they basing him? Aren't they basing the audience knowing that this is something that happened to Darth Maul? Kathleen Kennedy doesn't give a fuck about that. I'm just saying, isn't that what the audience is assuming? There's the, there's the star Wars story group that's supposed to keep track of like, all the stuff isn't in it all comics supposed to be and, canon? Right, it's like all supposed all that to be shit canon. That Jason yes. Aaron wrote. They it's could all, make a movie about, and yes. it would be canon. It feels like, like right now, the movies and the two cartoon shows are accepted as Star Wars canon. The comic books, not so much. Even though it's supposed to all be canon, people, I feel like the general vibe is only acknowledge the shows and the movies. I kind of feel like this is going to take us back to the George Lucas era where really it's just the movies and they'll undo whatever they need to do to get there. And if that means changing something that happened in a cartoon show or a comic book or a novel, then so be it. I thought different. I thought it was reaffirming like, hey, that shit that you watched that one time in the cartoon. Yeah, it had a real impact on the movies. You like, I you think might it's, be it's the direct opposite of what you're saying. But he was never a crime boss in Rebels. But he got his legs. That's the important thing. That he, he's yeah, a he, alive. He B, got yeah, legs. he got his legs, but he was never he was never a crime boss. Like well, he, he could never like that. They were just robot legs. Somebody could have slapped right. some robot are, legs that's on them. Consequent what you did. Like, what do you do for your job? Are you alive? Do you have legs? Like, those are the two bigger things that are more important. Than him being a crime boss. Yeah, but that him being a crime boss conflicts directly with his entire arc 
in Rebels. Him being alive conflicts with everything that we know about him in all of the rest of the movies. Yeah, I know that, but the the argument right now is is Rebels still going to be canon with Darth Maul being a crime boss? And the answer is no, because it completely conflicts with everything that happened with that character what, in Rebels. What did happen? Tell the audience what happened with that character in that that one episode of Rebels where he faced off against Obi-Wan. He wasn't in one episode of Rebels. He was in an entire season of Rebels. He tried what men- happened with He him? tried mentoring Ezra to get him to open some weird triangular dark side thing. He it, His whole arc was surrounded was his whole arc was about him trying to open more of the dark side of the force and he needed Ezra to help him do it. So like, controlling and it was so controlling underground people conflicts with him being already a dark magic fucking Sith Lord. That that that's something that he can't do at the same time. He No, because he wasn't. Like it's clear it's clearly defined in Rebels he's working by himself alone in the shadows to undermine Ezra because Ezra is the key to being the most to opening like the vault of dark Sith energy on uh, in the universe. So you think like that he's he, not working with anyone. So you he's think constantly that he couldn't possibly be doing those two things at the same time. No. And once you watch Rebels, you will understand that what I'm saying is true. You'll stop fighting me on it for argument's sake. I doubt it, but sure. <laughs> well, the thing is, those things aren't happening concurrently. Him as a crime boss happens prior to the shit that happens in Rebels. Those those things can't happen. They what? can't happen at the same time. Well, they're they're not. They don't. I'm just teasing. Because like all that stuff happens shortly before he is killed. Um, I just, I really, really want to see him come and try to get revenge on Obi-Wan. I think that that's, and I know you're not on board with that. You never really have been, Paul, but I feel like there is so like, you want to talk about, because this movie had a lot of fan service, a lot of Easter eggs and things like that. To me, that's, this is like the ultimate fan service. If they go ahead and they give you (laughs) the rematch 20 years in the making Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan. And I don't mean, you know, a five-second cartoon fight. I mean, like, Ewan McGregor, Ray Park. Let's get it on. Was that Ray Park as Darth Maul? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was credited as it, it was, Darth Maul. I, I, would paid, or... I paid close attention to the credits, and uh, Sam Witwer did the voice, which is okay. He does them on the cartoon shows. It wasn't the same dude that did his voice in the movies, which I wish it had been because I think he has a, like a cooler voice for him. It's a little like softer. It's a little smoother. What's um, up with Ray Park's voice that he can't voice himself? Uh, you ever hear him talk? He probably oh, sounds like. Uh, oh probably shit! Sounds He's like Toad, right? Bane. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, he sounds exactly like Toad because. Eh. Yeah, which is yeah. what happens to everything when they get struck by lightning. Um. <laughs> They become a crime boss. Yeah, right. So, uh, and here's the the other thing: he wasn't he wasn't billed as Darth Maul. It was just Maul. 
So I, I guess by the time he's in Rebels, they don't call him Darth Maul anymore. He's just Maul. Yeah. But we know him as Darth Maul. Right. So, Ian, I take it you hated his introduction in this movie. I just thought it was stupid and out of place. It's it's fun. Oh, it I'm, was. 100%. Like, if if this is a bridge to get him in the Obi-Wan movie... Then fine. With whatever. all the with all the with all the solo Han Solo specific uh fan service, I don't know why they didn't just make it Jabba. Like yeah, everything was. everything else was was put up on tease for the solo fan service. Why not just make it Jabba? Or Boba Fett. Um oh, because yeah. Kira's gonna be Boba Fett, sorry. <laughs> It's going to be so like, satisfying. Darth Maul is so out of fucking left field. Like, they may as well have made it, like, con. I don't think... It was just so like, bizarre. we have to get a fucking lightsaber in this goddamn movie. Yeah, him lighting his lightsaber made no sense, but I, I don't think that you're ever going to see Darth Maul and Han Solo um, have anything... have any screen time together, have anything to do with each other. This was... Time stamp this, folks. This has just to do with the Kira character, but more importantly, it's a way to introduce him into the cinematic, reintroduce him into the cinematic you, and I think get him in an Obi-Wan movie, which I think is 100 per- Time stamp this. Dated May 28th, 11.44 p.m. Kathleen Kennedy heard the first time stamp and was like, Challenge accepted. You thought Empire was the first <laughs> Ryan time you used the lightsaber? Yeah, Ryan Johnson's like, <laughs> young fool, you think that I'm going to do what you're expecting? What would Ryan Johnson do? I guess Ryan Johnson would put Darth Maul in a Han Solo movie. <laughs> but, but he then, had nothing is, to do with Han Solo. This is part of the like, 20% that uh, Lord and Miller filmed. They're like, eh, wouldn't it be funny if <laughs> fucking Darth Maul showed up? I'm yeah, surprised yeah, that you that you're so anti. I love Darth why, Maul, but he it doesn't fit into. Why the, put him in the movie? It it just doesn't fit. It feels like I know you're saying fan service, but it feels like fan service at like the altar of like like going completely out of your way to fan service in a way that doesn't make any kind of logical sense. Well, I mean. It was unexpected, but I don't understand how it doesn't make sense considering... It doesn't make sense because, well, because Star Wars it, and Disney don't have a history of setting up a different movie franchise with a stinger like Marvel does. Right. It's because this is a Han Solo movie. And if Han Solo is not going to have anything to do directly with Darth Maul, why is he even in this? Well, because Kira does but specifically. If there's a Solo 2... Kira and Han Solo are going, are going to have to direct dealings. So then they're which going means, to be connected to Darth Maul. Right. Which I don't think that needs to happen. Why? Well, wouldn't it be possible that Kira is in the Obi-Wan movie with Darth Maul and then she finds her end in that movie? Because she's Han Solo's love interest. And I think to complete his arc and get him to the place where he needs to be when we see him in the cantina, yeah. you're going to have to have that rough emotional like thing. Whatever happens, that's going to happen with Kira and Han Solo. And it still keeps the connection between, you know, Han to Kira to Darth Maul. 
which is bizarre to even say out loud. Yeah, I don't I don't expect that Han Solo and Darth Maul will ever cross paths. Okay. I, then then why then why put him in this movie? Because this is a movie about Han Solo and Han Solo's arc and his story. If they're not going to cross paths, why put him in? And it wasn't a stinger. It was. It was at the end of the movie. It was yeah. part of the movie. So so they don't add it to after the credits, but they, I mean, so what? Like, if the scene is after the credits, it's still part of the movie. I agree with that. If they just didn't place it after the credits. I guess but that's it, a Marvel thing. It does, that's fine, but, like, yes, it's part of the movie. Singers are part of the movie. It still doesn't mean make this make any more sense in the world that we know about Han Solo and... I don't know. Darth it's fine, Maul, it's Darth fine that you liked it. It's fine that you liked it. It's Let's... fine that you didn't like it. Darth Maul's a crime boss. You're dealing with a lot of crime bosses in this world. There you go. I think it's silly that you think they would introduce a crime boss and Han Solo deals with crime bosses, but Han Solo just doesn't happen to directly deal with the Kira second does. most Kira famous. does. That would be like me and Ian. That would be like Ian dealing with someone that I don't deal with. Like... That would be like Ian dealing with Tracy. I don't deal but with me Kenzie. never ever meeting Tracy. Like it doesn't Matt, it just doesn't make sense that they introduce him in Solo, but Han Solo and Darth Maul never cross paths. Like him and Kira talk in some scenes in Solo too, but then like over over Jedi Skype, Darth Maul's like, I need to take care of something on Tatooine. And Kira's like, Whoo, that was a close one, Han. We almost got fucked up. Who are you talking to, baby? Matt, it doesn't Nobody. it doesn't make sense. I get the hoops you're trying to jump to jump. No, through to I make actually this make didn't sense. follow any of what you said, but that's okay. All right. I think we belabored this point a little bit too much. Why don't we and we've talked about this movie an awful lot. Why don't we get to our final scores? Five. Ian. No explanation. <laughs> uh I, I think it... It might be just as convoluted as what you just said, but go ahead. Give it a shot. I appreciate you being snarky over there, but what I said was... It completely made sense. What you're saying... To nobody, makes but okay, go ahead. No sense. No fucking sense. Well, apparently it made sense to the people who made the movie. Who... Yeah, and that doesn't make but, but, sense I'm sorry, this movie only got a five. One one of the three McSauce podcasters gave it a five, so they know. Matt, it's it's mind boggling that you think Han Solo and Darth Maul are not going to cross paths, even though he was introduced as a villain in a Han Solo movie. He and was. if like even if you're right and they don't cross paths, which I will be, that's a complete fuck up on Disney Star Wars's part. Why that's would you so fucking dumb. do that, Paul? Paul, that's just you're being dumb. Stop being I'm dumb. Being, I'm being Stop logical. Being no. You're being dumb. No. You're Paul, being a fucking dipshit gonna, because you're think. just towing that fucking Star Wars line trying to make it make sense. It doesn't make sense. And what you're saying doesn't make sense. Why would they fucking introduce Darth Maul in Han Solo to only use him in an Obi-Wan movie? I also agree. I think that he's going to be in some way, shape, or form, maybe not in direct contact, but he's definitely going to be in Han Solo too. Just uh, just from a just from an maybe. outside yeah, story maybe. perspective, I, I, Kira has to be, so he definitely has. to Yeah, be. maybe. 
Just I, from a story perspective, of someone who doesn't know Star Wars, just watching Solo. So going into the second movie, yeah, that would be gonna, all of nobody. People, it's there's plenty of people that, that, that are, are just going into Solo that aren't Solo. As, that aren't as deep as we are. That are that are only seeing this in none of the other Star Wars look, movies that are readily available. Making a movie. That what you're to just a certain saying? Extent. Is that what you're saying? People are going to see this and not any of the other ones. Is that what I just heard you say? There's say? a lot of people in the world. That's dumbass dipshit stuff. Making well, you should know it then. Making a movie is a lot like making a comic book. <laughs> you need to make a movie that's accessible to first-time viewers. Uh-huh. So people are going to watch this movie. Uh-huh. They're going to get to the end. They're going to think, "Oh shit." Like Han Solo and Kira, they're really tight. They have a romantic relationship. Kira's in deep shit with his crime boss. They're going to go into Solo 2, and Darth Maul's not going to be in it. And then they're gonna, there's going to be no payoff. Because the stakes were raised at the end of this movie from Dryden Voss to the bigger boss, and then nothing. That, that's terrible storytelling. At, at best, that's terrible storytelling. Like, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe you got it all right, and we can timestamp this. I'm a dipshit. In a couple years, but that's Paul. At, there's at so best, many other there's so many other timestamps that we could go for that. But the thing is, I don't think that Darth Maul isn't going to be in the next solo. But here's the thing: we don't even know if there's going to be another solo because this one didn't perform very well. Um, I think ultimately they're they're looking to get him into an Obi Wan movie. That's what I think, and then they're gonna they're gonna wrap up Darth Maul in an Obi Wan movie. That's my prediction. Um, I th- I do think that he'll be still a, a character lurking in the shadows if he is in a Han Solo movie. I don't expect him to be the big bad. I expected it would be Boba Fett. Um, but uh, no, I don't think he's going to have much to do with Han Solo other than he's a big fucking crime boss he's and that's it. He's the boss of Han Solo's eternal love interest, dude. <clears throat> like the chick that No, no, no. Drove- Princess Leia is his eternal love interest. Not, uh, not um, really. Not until like, not according to this movie. Like, and and not according to as far Force as we Awakens, know, chronologically. Really? Yeah, this is this is his eternal love interest. And something bad's gonna happen to her that turns him into the scoundrel that we know. Something bad's gonna happen to Han. Something bad's gonna happen to both of them that turns Han into the person that we know. Well, something bad already happened to Kira. She only said it. 30 times during the movie you wouldn't like me the things I've done I've gone too far blah 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 well something's bad like something bad is going to happen to her that he witnesses or is directly a part of that makes him into the character that we know this movie has already established that they cannot be together because of her whatever happened in those three years we don't know what but something went down we don't know who knows right but he's still not where we He's still not Han Solo. No, yet. he's not there. I don't. I, I don't think f- that eventually she's going to play a part in that. Yeah, in the oh, story yeah. of Han Solo. Agreed. Agreed. And if she plays a part in it, then her boss is going to play a part in driving her to do that as well. So Agreed. by proxy, yeah, he, Darth Maul is going to have a prominent role in whatever happens to Han Solo. By proxy, okay, that's fair. <laughs> just just by for Skype. But still, I mean, he's like he's—he's he's not gonna write a letter. Like he's gonna be involved in that. He's—he'll he, 
probably see Kira die on like you know blue. Uh, Jedi I'm sorry. Skype. Have you not seen that they have these like holograms in Star Wars? They're only in every Star Wars movie. But they're never, they're never gonna, they're never gonna be in the same room or actually speak. I guess. So, five, Matt. What's your what's your score? Yeah. And is that your your five? Is, no, was that your I five? was saying you had a five, Matt. What's your score? Seven. Seven. I also give it a seven. I think it was. Oh. I think it was really fun. I would go back to see it again. I am invested in Han Solo as a character. This Han Solo as a character. Alden Ehrenreich for all that we fucking trashed him for two hours. I didn't. I thought he was pretty good, and I will watch him again. Donald Glover, Lando. I'll go see a fucking Lando movie, or if he's a sidekick again. I liked a lot about this movie. Seven. Yeah, I, I thought it was entertaining. It was a completely passable, predictable movie. Like, there was nothing super exciting about it. Would you go there see was it nothing again? Insanely Would you go terrible. to theaters to see I'm, it again? I'm more excited now to see Solo 2. So, but that should, that should give you more than a five. Five is solid, thumbs up, middle of the road. Five is five is five, five is, is the almost of the like road. I have no feeling for it. It's like neither good or bad. It's like eh, it's five, but oh, this universe that just got jump started with this new character with this new portrayal of this character. Would you feel better like, if I gave it a six? Yeah, I would feel better. Right. I feel like that would be I'll more. Give it, I'll give it a six. Yeah, I'm just saying that from what from how you're describing it to that ranking, five is five is not a good ranking. Five isn't like, I'm oh, trying, I, I don't care either way. I'm trying to readjust our polynomics rankings because, like, we we lean high a lot, but five should be like, yeah, this was a solid movie. I, like, five should be that this was a completely passable movie. I feel like... Which this was. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was just movie. Well, if you want to give it a five, then give and it a five. And that's how I feel about but, it. It was but, just movie. Are you more excited for Solo Two than you were for Solo? Yeah, but shouldn't that, but shouldn't that affect my Solo Two polynomics, not my Solo Singular, my Solo Solo polynomics? Your duo. I I feel like in the new world that we live in, when we know that we're almost guaranteed sequels to things, almost guaranteed. Even I know it only made eighty three mil. We're gonna get another Solo, people. We oh. Are. I guarantee we get another solo. So, like, in this world that we know we're going to get another one, are you amped or are you not? Like, I fucking totally am. I can't wait. It's going to be better. I'm excited. I can't say that I'm amped. I'm curious. I'm not, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, okay. That's but fine. But you, you I'm, shake I'm, your head at me in disappointment when I say that. That's fine. It's That's fine. That's fine. Are you okay with my score? <laughs> Jesus. You didn't rate Chewbacca score? high enough, Matt. We did. What? You didn't rate Chewbacca high enough. Yeah, we had the same score. I thought that uh, that it just had a lot of good, fun action set pieces that were kind of pieced together enough to make some kind of story out of it. Uh, again, like if I was to give you the details about the story... I probably would do a bad job, but I think that the it captured kind of the uh, the sense of adventure from you know to be a Star Wars movie, and that was a lot of fun. 
Uh, Paul, did you like this better than Deadpool 2, or did you like Deadpool 2 better? I like Deadpool 2 better because I care less about those characters. I'm more emotionally invested in Star Wars and the characters in the universe, so I expect more okay, from that. Let, let me rephrase the question. Um, if I were going to have you watch one or the other, you know, maybe not tonight because it's late, but Friday night, and I have a copy of each one, which one do you watch? Uh, Solo. Ian? Solo. Hands down. There you go. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for hanging out with Mix Sauce, the Mix Sauce podcast tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.